um, I'm going to adjust some things up here slightly. There's going to be some ladies coming up in a little while to help with the message, and uh, so they'll be occupying those seats. Uh, today we're continuing on in our message series, looking at authentic friends, and um, you know, friends. We've talked about this. Friends are people who who are out for your best. They want what's good for you, and so we've been looking at different types of relationships. We looked at a romantic uh, marriage relationship and what that's to be built around. We looked at uh, guys' friends, talking about how we relate as men uh, last week. And I know some guys got right after it. I ran into some guys who, um, you know, they started fixing a car right after the service was over. And uh, I said, wow, <laughs> you applied the message right away. Huh? So, um, But today we're looking at women's relationships um, an area that I do not claim to be an expert on. Um, I'm feeling somewhat like Fred and Ricky were sitting there. Where if you saw their faces in the video, <laughs> they had this, like, what is that? And that's kind of how I feel this morning. I'm also not feeling the greatest, and so I've got some day quill in me. So I'd like to pray before we launch into this message. So, Father, I just thank you for, thank you for your love. Thank you that uh, you were the first one to love us. And that because of your love, we can respond to you, we can respond um, to a real relationship with you, and also it sets a new pattern for the way we relate to each other. And so, God, I pray that as we look at your word and also just look at some of what science says about the way we're made and the differences we have um, in our genders, Lord, I pray you'd help us to learn some things that we could apply to our lives, Lord. pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So... Today, again, you know, we're looking at women's relationships. Starting off, though, I'd like to just review uh, some of the things we looked at last week related to just friendship in general. There's a listening guide you can follow along in if you'd like. And just some things about friendships you'll see on the top of your listening guide. Friendships are part of God's plan for life. This is what God intends, is that we grow and we develop in a community of of people. Um, That we not just try to do life on our own and be isolated and and um, have no relationships, but that we have real, authentic friends. That's part of God's main plan. And this is pretty difficult for us because most of us, you know, we live in the city. And uh, maybe, you know, you might not consider this the big city or anything, but it is, it is a city. And we drive down our streets. We get to our house. We hit the garage door opener. The garage door opens. We drive in the garage. The garage door closes. And we just, it's very easy to be absent of relationships, you know. It's very easy in our society to just go to work and to just just do life and be busy and too busy for people. And But we were made, God made us in the context of friendships. He wanted us to relate to each other. And this is, this is friendship is one of the real positive benefits of the church. Um, that's one of the positive contributions that the church has made is just the, the opportunity that we have to actually connect with each other, relate to each other. And so last week we talked about how friends, there's a few things that friends really help with across the board, men and women. When, when we relate as friends, we can help each other in difficulty. Um, you know, when we, when we trip up in life, when, when we hit um, seasons of, of pain and loss, when we walk through real trouble, friends are there to help you get back to your feet. And um, just in the relationship, friends are able to really bring some, some things into your life that, that steady you. And so we can help each other. Another thing is friends tell each other the truth. This is a mark of authentic friends. Is 
Friends, tell each other the truth, even if it hurts. This is men and women um, across the board. You know, that, this can be difficult, though. If you're, if you're on the freeway, though, think about this. If you're on the freeway and you're driving and <clears throat> you're about to turn into the left lane and you just start turning and there's someone in the back seat and they yell, there's a car, stop. You know, you don't get angry at them and yell at them and say, you know, quit being a backseat driver. Let me wreck. Let, you know, let, me, let me get in a wreck here on the freeway. We say what? Oh, thanks. You saved me. You know, we, we appreciate the fact that friends, they can sometimes see, see things that we don't see. They can see blind spots in our life. Just like on the freeway, we appreciate people who can see the blind spots. Maybe we miss some things. None of us are perfect drivers. In life, none of us can see everything. You know, none of us, we all have blind spots. We don't recognize it. We'll be going down the road in life, and our friend might say, Hey, stop. You don't want to do that. You want to wait. And, and we ought to be thankful. But sometimes, sometimes it really hurts. You know, sometimes friends come along, they tell us the truth, and it's, it's somewhat painful for us to take the advice or the, the feedback that they give us. But this is the mark of real friends. Enemies, again, they, they won't do that. Enemies will let you just go ahead and, yeah, it looks clear. Boom. <laughs> you smash into the car next to you. But friends are different. Friends are also emotional anchors. They, 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 can steady, they have a way to steady us when the storms of life seem to be raging on. Through the ups and downs, they can just do that. Also, they can add delight to life. They can bring a real sweetness to our lives if we'll connect with friends. Just like when you add salt to most foods, it kind of enhances, it brings out the flavor of the food. Friendship does the same thing. It just brings the delight out in our, in our lives. Sometimes we don't even realize it. Uh, I, there's a quote here I want to share with you, a humorous quote from Oscar Wilde. He said this about telling, regarding telling each other the truth. He said, true friends stab you in the front. <laughs> it might hurt, but at least they don't backstab you like an enemy. True friends will stab you in the front. You know, they're going to tell you the truth. And it may be painful, but this is something we come to appreciate with friends. There's a, one of the most famous friendships in the scripture is um, between two ladies named Ruth and Naomi. And um, you'll find it in the book of Ruth. And just, I'd like to just briefly sum up the first chapters and kind of set the context for us. Um, this occurred between 1100 and 1200 B.C., so before Jesus came. This is, you know, about 3,000 plus years ago. There was a lady named um, Naomi who was married to a man named Elimelech. And they lived in Bethlehem in Judah. And there was a famine in the land. They had two sons, and so in order to survive, they left their hometown and their country and they traveled to Moab to find food and to just begin a new life there, self-preservation. You know, they were making sure that they could go on. And so they head into this country, and um, upon arriving there, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies. He dies, and the two boys that um, Naomi had, those two sons, they, you know, they kind of grow up. They were probably young boys, and well, they grow up teenagers and they become adults. They take, they're still in Moab and they take Moabite wives and they get married and carry on their lives for a little bit. Well, ten years into them being there in Moab, the two sons die as well. So here Naomi is, 
no husband, no sons. She's pretty much by herself with her two daughter-in-laws. And she's in a foreign land. You know, this is a pretty difficult situation because there wasn't, in, in the economy of that day, there wasn't much of a place for old widows. Um, there also wasn't much of a place for just young ladies as well. So this put the, the three of them in a pretty difficult uh, predicament. And so Naomi decides, I'm going to go back to my homeland. I'm going to head back to Bethlehem to be with my people. And as she's leaving, her daughters, her daughter-in-laws escort her to the edge of town. And, um, and you see some interaction that I want to look at from the scripture. And, you know, basically Naomi says to them, ladies, I, I'm pretty much done. I, I can't go on. I can't remarry at my age. And even if I could remarry, it would take so long for me to have children that could take care of you and that maybe you could remarry. And so my best advice is that you stay with your people and, and, and leave, you know, leave me as I go. And one of them take, does actually do that. Take a look at this uh, from Ruth 1, 14 through 19. It's up on the screen. It says, again, they cried openly because they all, they loved each other. They had grown a real relationship. Orpah, one of the daughters, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth embraced her and held on. There was something different about the relationship that Ruth and Naomi had. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back home to live with her own people and God. Go with her. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. And where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried, so help me God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. And when Naomi saw that Ruth had her heart set on going with her, she gave in. And so the two of them traveled on together to Bethlehem. So here's Naomi, joined by Ruth. She's this older woman who is pretty much on the edge of a very, very great tragedy in her life. Everything you know that she had once, you know, husband, sons are all gone. Her, her health is beginning to, and her strength is declining. And she's facing this uncertain time going back home. Uh, most likely, she'll be facing poverty because uh, for an older widow, you had to uh, glean or take the leftover remaining, remaining uh, harvest you know, grains off of other people's properties. And God set up for, 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 for women to be able, older women, widows to be able to do this. Um, but still, she was going to be in a tough situation, in real, real hardship. And so she's saying, you know, it's best if you, you two just go and be with your families. They'll take care of you. Um, but Naomi, or I'm sorry, Ruth, she sticks with her. She's this young woman. She really could have started over in her own land and just remarried. But she decides she wants to, she loves her mother-in-law that much. She wants to go with her and to kind of share the load of, of trouble that she's going to face and walk alongside her in life. There's just a really, really um, amazing story of friendship and companionship. Ruth's a hard worker. She's determined. She's very loyal. And uh, she refuses to take the easy way in life. She does a hard thing here. Um, you can take a look at the story. It's in the book of Ruth. It's really short. It's just four chapters. But just to, to sum up what happens in the story, um, Ruth and Naomi make it back to Bethlehem. And God begins to provide for them through a, a relative of, of Ruth, of Naomi. And... One of the interesting things is, is the older woman, um, Naomi, she gets to kind of play matchmaker, which older women like to do this. She gets to kind of play matchmaker in a sense and sets up Ruth with a man named Boaz that she would later marry. 
And it's just, it's pretty amazing what happens. Later on, um, Ruth gives birth to Bo, or Ruth and Boaz, you know, have a child and they give birth to a son who is in line, in the line of King David, the greatest king of Israel, also in the line of Jesus Christ. So God does some pretty amazing things through this story as they journey back to um, Bethlehem. But again, what you get in this is just a story of real courage, commitment, togetherness. These, these ladies that really linked arms um, when they didn't have to. And what you find in the Bible and in the world around us as we study just the way that men and women relate, women are very different than what we looked at last week. Women do friendships in a woman's way. Um, this is obvious. Women are, are, are not um, men. Obviously, um, we have a, you know, physical differences, but emotionally, um, relationally, there's just some things that are very, very different the way we approach life. Look at this. I don't know if the, you have this quote up on your screen, but this is from Anne Morrow Lindbergh. She's the, the husband of the famous aviator Charles Lindbergh. And she, she commented on the differences. She said, men kick friendship around like a football, but it doesn't seem to crack. Women treat it like glass and it goes to pieces. <laughs> you know, women, men can just kind of get by with loose, casual relationships with other men. They can take a beating in relationships and just pick it back up and keep moving. Um, there's a different dynamic in a women's relationship. Women tend to look for nurturing and real emotionally fulfilling relationships. Again, if you're a man, you're sitting here and you're, you're trying to understand um, the opposite sex, whether it's a wife, a sister, or just people you're getting to know, um, you want to pay attention to the differences. It's very important to understand um, our counterpart. So that's why we're looking at this. But guys, you know, we build friendships by doing activities together. We talked about this last week. We do stuff. You know, guys went after the message and they, they repaired a car window that was broken. You know, guys... I played football yesterday with a group of guys. I'm feeling it right now. But, um, you know, we do stuff to get to know each other. We do stuff together. Women do friendships by sharing the personal. <clears throat> they share personal information about themselves, about their emotions, about their friends and their other relationships. Friendships between women tend to be, uh, you know, are less likely to be segmented. So most uh, if you're if you're a lady, you probably have circles of friends that all somewhat know each other. Whereas this is different for men. Men tend to have friends at work, friends at you know activities. Ladies tend to have connections, circles of friends. I'm sure there's a book or a song or something about circles of friends. But this is just something different about men and women. Again, for women, friendship is often seen as the willingness to share. They, they share very important things, their feelings, their thoughts. Friendship is self-revealing, accepting, and intimate. Not intimate in the sense of I have a deep, or they have a deep knowledge of another person's personal state, their heart, their feelings. They, they're really you know, in touch with the softer side of things. And, and whereas men usually don't take the time um, to, to get into all the details to get into the heart level stuff. Um, but for women, friendship is often seen as involving real close emotional attachments, supporting each other. Um, also, friendship blossoms when, when a woman feels like her girlfriend really understands her. Um, when, they, when they realize that they've experienced something, you know, maybe 
and I've heard my wife talk to someone or just relate to any of her friends, and if they've shared the same experience, they kind of have this kind of connection. Oh my gosh, I did the same thing this week. I did that and that. Wow. That's very different than the way men do life. Men don't say, oh my gosh, I changed my oil and I... I you know, and I watch Sports Center, and I, and you know, but women, when they find that there's some common things that they share, and that's something very, very special, that is very different. Guys just don't care that much about those things. Um, friends enable women to live calmer lives, and we we looked at this earlier, just how friends can kind of settle. This is much, much more important for women than it is for men. Um, the calmness in life that comes. In a, in a study that UCLA did, there was a laboratory study and they were trying to determine the levels of stress and the effects of stress on men and women. And in the men who worked in the laboratory, when, when people, when they were stressed out, it led them to fight or flight. You know, they either, you know, most of them would retreat from the situation. They'd escape the situation to deal with the stress of, of the job. Uh, but doc- doctors noticed that women had a different response to stress. When when the women were stressed, what they did was they got together and they kind of cleaned the lab. They started working together and they were tending to something and they were relating to each other. There's a there's a hormone oxytocin that is released as a part of a woman's stress response. So when a woman undergoes stress, this this hormone is released that causes her to want to befriend and, and, and connect with some friends and join together. And it, what it does is it calms a woman down. Men are different. We have a different response. We deal with um, testosterone. And so it's a different... We generally want to get out of the situation. We want to do something. And uh, women stress... What, what, what it does for women is it pulls them together. causes them to relate in healthy ways. <clears throat> and that's just that's just a difference, one of the unique things. Another thing is that friendship also causes women to live better lives emotionally. Emotionally, you know, their feelings are validated. They can live happier lives. And so women really seek out other people for support, for someone who will identify with them. Uh, they communicate and they, they find just a real gratifying experience as they exchange ideas about life with, with other women. Um, it, it helps them just someone understands me is what they're looking for someone who will come alongside them and understand them that's not as important to men that, that they feel understood at the end of the day <clears throat> it boosts each other's self-worth um, women are, are known to give each other compliments about things I like your hair I like your dress <laughs> I'm reaching for ideas here but <clears throat> but you know, they're looking, and the compliments really provide validation, emotionally strengthening their relationships. Um, they want to know that their feelings are, that they're experiencing are normal and are healthy. And so, uh, again, women come alongside and they support each other as you're walking through things. Also, friendship enables women to live better lives physically. In general, with, you know, when women are connected in relationships, there's these lowered health, like risk factors get lowered. When it comes to heart rate, studies have shown blood pressure, cholesterol, stress, and tendency to overeat. All those things, those risk factors go down as, as friendships are a part of women's lives. There's heightened immunity. 
just better digestion. You know, it's because God intended us to have friends. Science comes along and says, hey, look at all these you know, studies come along and <clears throat> make observations about what happens in real life. But this is God's plan. He's wired friendship to be a good thing for us holistically. In aging, uh, the, more that, the more friends women had, the less likely they were to develop physical impairments as they, as they got older. Uh, the more likely they were to be leading a joyful life. For those women that do not have close friends or confidants, studies showed that it was detrimental to their health. It was as detrimental to their health as smoking was or carrying extra weight. <clears throat> Friendship is a really good thing. Even at the death of a spouse, which is really probably one of the biggest stresses of all. For the women who had friends, they really made it through that time with vitality. They were able to live a full life. <clears throat> But there's also just longer lives. Friendships enable friends to live longer lives. Studies show that women with no friends increase their risk of death over a six-month period. For those with breast cancer, those with no close friends <clears throat> were four times as likely to die from the disease as women with ten or more friends. So you just... What the Scripture says is important. Our world recognizes there's some things that are tremendously valuable in friendship. We need relationships. Men and women. And again, they play a different role in the life of a man, or a man as it does, as it does for a, a lady. Um, I wanted to look at these suggestions for forming friendships. Some of these overlap with what we looked at last week. And this is where um, I'm going to get some help from a few of the ladies in our congregation. So I'd invite um, Penny, uh, Allie, and Erica to come up. And um, they're going to be our... Uh, eyewitness women. They're, they're the real deal. And so they can tell us just some experiences and verify some of this information. I would just say be careful with the chairs because this stage is tiny. So, so, so yeah, this is my wife Erica De La Rosa and this Ali Reina and Penny Lamberth. And they're going to, as I'm talking through the, this last part of the message, they're just going to kind of share some experiences and stories to verify and kind of reinforce some of these truths from the Scripture. Here's one thing we looked at last week as far as a suggestion for forming friends. is You want to screen friends and select. Screen and select. That's what Proverbs says. You walk with the wise and you'll be wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. So you want to be careful who you connect to in real life. If you pick your friends, you're picking your future. So you want to pick the right kind of friends. You want to screen them and select them. Another thing is you want to trust and verify. Proverbs 14:15 says, A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. He doesn't just rush right into relationships, but, they're, but they trust a little and they verify. Um, and Penny is, I think, going to comment on this area. Let me get a, a microphone. Um, as, as Josh mentioned, sometimes people can jump into relationships. I'm on opposite extreme. I tend to not want to trust and verify. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. <laughs> um, so choosing to trust some, um, is something that I've had tried to work on in my friendships. And in the past, I've often assumed that people are out to hurt me or they're not worthy of my trust. And if someone hurts me even slightly, I, like, write them off. Um, 
So it's in, it's counterintuitive for me to tr- to give a friend trust, and I tend to think that they need to to earn my trust. But recently, I've made the choice to give a friend the benefit of the doubt and trust that she really did want to be my friend. And what that felt like to me was like jumping off a bridge. Like I had to just step out and do it. And I had to, for me, I had to lower my standard of what earning my trust looked like. Um, which meant that I had to choose to share deeper and to trust that she actually does care for me and want what's best for me. Um, and making that choice to trust has given me more in return than I had thought. Um, I can see a, a, a different level in our friendship, which in turn allows me to trust her with more and make our friendship even deeper, which is really what I wanted all along, but I was kind of going about it in the wrong way. Thanks. You know, it's, it's important what Penny's talking about is... Because there's real value in friendship. If you decide, you know what, if you decide to never trust, um, then what ends up happening is you isolate yourself. And Scripture says, pity the person who falls down and there's no one there to pick them up. And so we need to build friendships. We need to. But one of the barriers to building friendships is trust. And so, you know, Penny's thing is as she trusted a little and, you know, that, that was a really good thing. She was able to verify, yeah, this is, I can keep moving forward in this friendship. So that's the second thing. The third thing on forming friendships is you want to let God pick your friends. You want to let God be the one who's choosing. There's a tendency to think, you know, I I need to be friends with, with everyone. Or I need to be friends with that person. And you lock in on one specific person. And you, you drive a relationship trying to build a friendship that maybe God's not putting together. And, and you get frustrated and so Erica is going to share, just commenting on this this area of letting God pick your friends. Well, um, as you said, well, you said that some people just want everybody to be their friends, and I'm that person. <laughs> I'm an extrovert, and I don't need any time alone. So that makes me really needy. <laughs> um, but when t- um, it's always been a struggle. <laughs> Um, but it showed itself up again when we moved from um, our old church in Diamond Bar. We moved here and um, didn't have any, well, didn't have a lot of friends. And um, so I found myself really, um, you know, choosing to go back into same patterns that I had before and people pleasing and wrong motives and friendships and really having an agenda in friendships. And so. Um, God um, really reminded me um, how I need to deal with that. Um, one of the things that I need to do when I get into the situation is that I need to um, focus on pleasing Him and trusting Him to meet my needs. And, um, and then it helps me be grateful for friendships that I do have already. And then it also helps me um, uh, just learn how to cultivate new friendships and just kind of let friendships develop on their own without having um, just expectations in friendships. So um, one of the verses that really helped me um, when I was dealing with this is in Jeremiah um, 18, um, and it says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. 
And so I found myself, as I trusted God to meet my needs, I was able to be a better friend, and I've, I've always had that, um, that my emotional needs were being met during that time. Another thing is, is this. It's to be flexible, not demanding in friendships and in relationships. Um, and it's somewhat along the same lines of what we just looked at. The verse here, Proverbs 21, 19, talk, talks about marriage in a sense, but this can be applied to relationships in general. It's better to live in the desert than with a nagging, irritable wife. Yeah, that's really in the Bible. <laughs> it's not just a quote from some man. <laughs> but you know when there's this nagging relationship going on you know sometimes you just go I want to be as far away from that relationship as possible I don't need that right now <clears throat> so you want to work on being flexible not being a demanding person in your relationships with your friends there's two friendship killers you need to be aware of one is expectations you know, I just feel like they should, and then you fill in the blanks. You're, you're expecting something out of a friend. Because of this, it's easy to just be a nag, to get easily upset. When you don't think they're doing what, the, what you think they should do, it's just very easy to, to, to get irritated at people. And, and this is one of the quickest ways to kill a friendship, is to be inflexible and demanding. Because we tend to just retreat from people who do that. We tend to want to escape to the desert, is what the scripture is saying. <laughs> so you want to, if this is you, if you struggle in this area, you want to set reasonable goals for yourself and keep your expectations of others modest. What's realistic? What, what is a realistic expectation I should have for these friends? If you can, try to lower your expectations. If you do, that will reduce your own frustration. It will reduce the stress in the relationship. Um, Another thing is preconceptions. Similar to expectations, but a preconception is, you know, a friendship really ought to grow this way. It, the, the word ought. They ought to do this. There's, you have preconceived ideas. So again, it's, it's easy when, you're, when, you, when you struggle with this to, to, be, um, to nag in a relationship, in a friendship. What you want to do is this. You want to let friendships unfold on its own terms. <clears throat> Not trying to drive it ourselves, but allowing God to pick a friendship and just seeing what God will do over time. Aristotle said, wishing to be friends is quick work, but friendship is more like a slow ripening fruit. It just takes time to ripen. And preconceived ideas of how things should or must be over time will just ruin, it'll spoil the, the friendship. So if it doesn't grow, if you're trying to drive a relationship and it doesn't grow, then that's okay. Just let God pick, help, you know, let, let God pick your friends. Erica has another comment on this. Um, I think the other one that I had a problem with kind of went hand in hand with this. I would approach friendships with a selfish agenda. I would think, well, if they were my friend, then they would do this, or that's not how I would do it. I would just tell, I would just share my, I would just share what I think about this, and then, and why can't we just do it this way, and that kind of stuff, and and so, um, but what it would do is it would run over people. It would run over the person that I'm trying to relate to that maybe had a different um, personality or had a different um, way of looking at the situation or maybe had been hurt in the past. And so they were um, a little, uh, they just approached friendships differently than I did. 
So um, what I what really helped me change um, uh, my approach in friendships was to not have a selfish agenda. And um, heart attitude number one, which our uh, our church has these seven heart attitudes. And, um, those are our core values. Yeah, for our, our core values. That's what they are. And <laughs> well, anyways, um, the ver- one of the verses in, in <laughs> with that goes with that core value is just is um, to look. Um, I just blanked. What's the look to the interest of others? Oh yeah, yeah. Look to the interest of others. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the verse that I that I had with that is uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. <laughs> But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So as I began to look at what other people needed and to love the other person and to just um, not have an agenda for how I thought that I should be loved or listened to or shared with, then um, and I focused on them instead of myself, then friendships became sweeter and they became deeper. Um, which is what I wanted in the first place. And this is important to understand. You know, this is for for a guy in a relationship with with a woman who's wired differently. It's just very important to understand the difference. It's important to understand the struggle too, because then you can you can sometimes come alongside and, and offer some perspective in an appropriate way. Um, notice the word appropriate and timing is is critical. Um, she wants to be understood by me as well. But to come alongside and to offer some perspective when she might be struggling with some of these areas is really helpful. Um, another thing is enjoy the other. Enjoy the other person. Don't, don't try to fix in a relationship or compete. Romans 15 7 says this. says, Christ accepted you. So you should accept each other. Christ set a standard of acceptance. He, he was willing to relate to different people. With their, with their burdens, with their struggles. He was willing to relate to people that weren't like him. And he accepted them. He would allow them to come close to him. And it sets a real pattern for us. He didn't try to immediately fix the problems that, that were apparent in their life. But he let them feel understood and important. So this is important to, to make note of. Not to compete. Let them be themselves. Don't try to fix your friends. Uh, but genuinely enjoy another person's gifts. You know, they're, we're all wired slightly different. So rather than competing, uh, men have a way of one-upping each other. Women have a different way of doing this. Um, they tend to involve feeling threatened or being envious of another person. Um, so learning to just rejoice in the gifting of another person. Is re- it really does wonders for friendship. Second Corinthians 10.12 says, In measuring themselves against each other, and comparing themselves with each other, they're simply stupid. He's talking about the competition that goes on in relationships. And when, whether that's in church life, or home relationships, or friendships, when there's competition and comparison going on, that just, that just shatters, it ruins relationships. So God, God, He's put different gifts in all of His children. And so we're to come along, we're, we're to figure out what ours is, find our own gift, and then appreciate the gifting of another. Um, the next one is be open and honest. First John 1 John 1.7. Be open and honest. We should live in the light where God is. Was that, was that yours? Be open and honest. Okay, sorry. 
be open and honest. Penny's going to share about this. We should live in the light where God is. If we live in the light, we have fellowship with each other. So in relationships, we want to be open and honest. Don't just jump to simple conclusions about their life and their struggles. Don't think you, again, avoiding the, the, the desire to try to fix. So we want to get to know ladies. Try to get to know your friends. Get to know their burdens. Kind of their battles. And then maybe begin to share some of what you've been dealing with. Um, Penny's going to share about this. Okay, so I'm the one who struggles with like trust and being open. So <laughs> I'm the one who's sharing all this. Um, but I do, I do have a hard time choosing to be open and honest um, about myself with my friends. And it, the thing I'm noticing is it's caused me to not have a lot of really close friendships. Um, in a lot of my friendships, I tend to put on the mask and kind of just show like on the surface, um, <coughs> make, making things look good. Um, but the result of doing that, of not sharing with my friends about what I'm struggling with or asking my friends to speak into my, li- into my life is sadness because deep down what I really wanted was good, close friends. And I've seen when I've chosen to push through and to choose to let my friends know what's really going on that there's a lot that I've been missing out on. And I've seen how my friends can help shed light on something I'm, I'm going through or they can give me a perspective that I haven't thought of. And also when I share about what's really going on with me um, and I don't stay on the surface with my friends, my friends can help me with my real problems and not like what my perceived uh, problems are. And this last tip on forming friendships is if you want friends, then you have to associate. You have to get to know people. He who keeps himself separate for his private purpose goes against all good sense. When we decide to just pull back, we're going in, we're going against what really makes sense in life. God has made us for relationships. So Ali Reina is going to share briefly about this. Okay. Um, I moved here like a year ago, and when I first moved, I, I just felt really lonely. And I, I went from a situation where I lived really close to people, and I would see them almost daily or at least talk on the phone. So then when I came here, it was like daily for nothing. And I, I actually started just feeling really lonely and depressed and um didn't do anything about it so that situation didn't change (laughs) so over time I decided like I would join the mom's club which is um in Orange Crest and like go to library times and just go to where there are women and moms and people that I could relate to and um that seemed to work so um I and I also started to call some of the other women that I did already know I knew these two and a couple other women and just kind of share what I was going through and um like one of the points earlier was when you share those things and you just get it out there, then that was helpful. <laughs> so um, as I started to do these things more and more, um, I just didn't feel so lonely or um, depressed. And I just felt more comfortable associating with even more people because I just put myself out there. So um, I realized like sitting around um, and not feeling like I don't have any, any friends and just being sad wasn't getting me anywhere. <laughs> So um, I really had to make the first step, and um, I would just call somebody and say, do you want to come over? Can I come over or go to, like, one of the mom's club things? Because there's pretty much something every day. Um, and um, so over the last year, or as long as I've lived here, I've made a lot of more really good friends and grown close um, just because I, I didn't wait for them to come to me, and I just um, went to them. So uh, 
we're, we're pretty much through with, with all of this. I'm really grateful that they came up. This really helps me quite a bit because uh, they're ladies and they, they know what they're talking about in this area. Um, can reinforce these things. If you're, if you're a lady and you're too busy for relationships, then I, I really want to encourage you. That'll take a toll on your life long term. You don't want to just be isolated. That, that will really emotionally, physically, that just, you don't want to have that kind of distance. And so God has set it up for you to be able to connect. I'd encourage you to check out one of our small groups. If you're not, um, our groups have just been getting started. I think most of them haven't even begun meeting. And so there's still time. If you'd like to, to jump into a small group, those are places where, safe places where you can form some friendships, get to know some people who, who you might be able to trust and verify and, and begin to build closer relationships with. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as the band comes up.